This is the Art of Dental Finance and Management podcast brought to you by Art Wiederman, CPA with Ide Bailey. Whether it's taxes and investing or planning wisely, Art is the expert to make your dental practice profitable. At Ide Bailey, what inspires you inspires us. We provide a suite of accounting and advisory services dedicated to the total care of your practice. Visit our website to access our tools and resources tailored for dentists, idebailey.com slash dentist. That's E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y dot com slash dentist. This podcast is distributed with the understanding that Art Wiederman, CPA, and Ide Bailey, LLP are not rendering legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Listeners should consult with their business advisors before acting on any of the information or opinions shared. If you have questions and or feedback, make sure to email Art over at awiederman at idebailey.com. That's A-W-I-E-D-E-R-M-A-N at E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y dot com. You can also give Art a call at 657-279-3243. Without further delay, here's your host, Dental CPA, Art Wiederman. And welcome to another edition of the Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman, CPA. Welcome to my podcast. My name's Art Wiederman. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, I'm a dental division director at the CPA firm of Ide Bailey. Uh, I'm located in uh, Tustin, California is our office. Ide Bailey is a uh, firm that has uh, about 40, I think we have 42 offices, mostly in the Western United States. We work with about uh, 300 dentists, uh, dental practices and dentists in uh, in our Tustin office. And the firm is quickly approaching a thousand dentists. And uh, we are very thankful to all the folks who have listened to our podcast and who have been kind enough to give us a call and um, engage us for uh, numerous different things. Uh, the biggest thing that I've been dealing with is the uh, employee retention tax credit, which we'll talk about in a minute. But tonight, it's just you and I. And I always like these types of podcasts where I just basically, I make an outline, I start talking, and uh, I'm hoping that this is going to be a call to action. So I'm recording this podcast on the evening of Sunday, August 15th, 2021. Well, yesterday, I turned 62. My birthday was August 14th. I was born 1959. Had a wonderful, wonderful weekend with my family and my friends. And it got me thinking. Uh, Number one, I guess if I wanted to, if I was going to stop working, uh, I could theoretically apply for Social Security tomorrow morning. I could be at the Social Security office at 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. Wow, that's pretty scary to think about that. Um, I, I remember myself as a a 21-year-old graduate of Long Beach State University taking my first job at uh, at that time. It was called Deloitte Haskins and Sells. It's now known as Deloitte. Uh, it was the big eight CPA firms, and now we call it the final four uh, CPA firms. And uh, I've been a dental-specific CPA uh, Labor Day will be 37 years. I started in 1984 in my office in Newport Beach, and uh, I've told my story before, so I won't tell it again, but I'm now again part of Ide Bailey, very proud uh, to be part of Ide Bailey. So um, one of my favorite orators, people in the world, uh, was Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Now, uh, Franklin Roosevelt was president of the United States from uh, I think it was, was it 1933 to 1945? Uh, he passed away in office, uh, I think just after the start of his fourth term. And back then there were no term limits. And if you have an opportunity to listen uh, or, or watch, if you will, uh, the PBS specials where uh, they do a whole series on uh, Franklin Roosevelt, uh, it's fascinating. And, and the man is an amazing orator. He used to have these things called fireside chats. And uh, I was <laughs> I was thinking about, should I call this a fireside chat? And I said, no, that's kind of old-fashioned. So we're going to call this a beachside chat because I live by the beach here in Southern California. And I, I want to talk about some things that have affected my life and, you know, my journey with the dental profession over the last 37 years. And, and hopefully what I will do tonight is to be able to give you some tools to think about some major decisions that you want to make in your life. This COVID-19 pandemic 
um, has affected everyone. It's affected people in many different ways. Sadly, we've had over 600,000 people lose their lives to it in the United States alone. Um, we now have a Delta variant and a this variant. And uh, it, it, this is not going away, folks. I mean, we would just like to kind of wake up one day and say this is over. And it's not over. Uh, we have to take proper precautions and do what we have to do. And I'm not getting into politics as to whether you should get vaccinated or not back, not get vaccinated. All I'm saying is, is that we have to deal with this and life goes on uh, one way or another. And I, I want to, like I said, I want to talk to you about some of the things that, that I have on my mind and I hope it will help you. But before we get to that, uh, first, I want to uh, make sure that you know that we are partners with a wonderful magazine called Decisions in Dentistry Magazine. Uh, they are kind enough to uh, work with us on uh, the marketing of our podcast, and uh, they have one of the best uh, clinical magazines in the in the country on dentistry, if not the best. Uh, you can buy up to 140 of their continuing education classes uh, online for a very reasonable price, um, uh, and and it's just great stuff. Great, great uh, uh, who's who of uh, dental clinicians giving great information about all kinds of clinical topics. So go to www.decisionsindentistry.com. And if you want a complimentary consultation from me or a member of the Academy of uh, Dental CPAs, the ADCPA, um, you can go on there on their website and you can click on the button and ask for that, put your information in, and one of us will get back to you. Uh, my mothership is um, Ide Bailey, but we are a proud member of the Academy of Dental CPAs, 24 CPA firms across the United States that represent over uh, over 10,000 dentists. And that's a lot. And um, uh, we have been the financial first responders, the ADCPA, um, through this pandemic. I mean, uh, our group has just done hundreds of webinars. I've done, I don't even know how many webinars I've done. Um, if you're not working with a dental-specific CPA, uh, you, you really should be. So, um, you know, my phone number in Tustin is 657-279-3243. My email is awiederman at idebailey, E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y dot com. And if you're looking for someone anywhere in the country, uh, go to the ADCPA's website, which is www.adcpa.com. Org. A couple of updates on our wonderful government programs that just don't seem to ever go away. Uh, so let's, let's start with the PPP. So we're in the middle of August here. This is going to air, uh, I believe, September 1st or September 2nd. Um, yes, I believe this is September 1st. So by the time you hear this, you should have filed for forgiveness for your round one PPP loan based on when you received it and the fact that you have 24 weeks in a covered period and then 10 months after that date to file for forgiveness. If you haven't, then uh, don't fret. Uh, you may just have to start making payments on that loan. And the rules say specifically that if you don't file by the end of the 10 months after your covered period, as long as you file before the loan is uh, paid off, which in most cases for all of you is going to be two years, it would be five years if you get the loan after June of 2020. Um, if, if you file for forgiveness and you get full forgiveness, the bank and the SBA are required to reimburse you every dime of every payment that you've made on these loans. So if you forgot or you were too busy or you know, you were watching the Olympics over and over again. I don't know what you were doing. Uh, don't fret. We'll, we can get you get you covered. So that's the PPP loan. Your PPP2 loans, same rules. Take the date you get the money. Most of you got that money in January and February of 2021. Add 24 weeks, and you can use a covered period of 8 to 24 weeks. Most people will use 24 weeks. And then add 10 months. So most of you don't have to file for forgiveness until early 2022. But we need to keep a uh, watch on that. We'll be doing some more shows on the round two PPP and what you have to do. Now, I've been talking about my, 
I don't know if it's my nemesis or my partner or my friend or my brother or my second spouse. I don't know what it is. But the employee retention tax credit has pretty much consumed my life for the past six to nine months once they passed the rule. So for those of you who don't know the rules, they passed uh, in March of 2020, when the pandemic started, they passed a $3.2 trillion bill called the CARES Act. And that included several provisions to help small business owners. One of them was the Paycheck Protection Program, the PPP. The second one was the Employee Retention Tax Credit. And that was, we call that ERTC. And the, the rule was, is that if you took out a PPP loan back then, you couldn't use the ERTC. But that all changed on December the 27th when Congress passed the law and said, hey, wait a minute, we don't like that. We're going to change this for you. And going all the way back to March 12th, if you either had a greater than 50% reduction in your gross receipts, less uh, patient refunds or returns and allowances, uh, if you had that 50% reduction in any quarter of 2020, and that would only be quarter number two for dentists, because that's when most of you uh, shut down on the advice of the American Dental Association and the Centers for Disease Control. If you had that, or you had a um, a mandated government shutdown. Now, that does not mean that you know ADA said you should shut down. That is not a mandated shutdown. CDC recommended that you shut down. No, no, no. There are some states that did mandate that you shut down. There are some cities. For example, in California, the city of San Francisco mandated that dentists could not do dentistry unless it was emergency procedures. It was mandated. It's in the orders. We've researched it. Uh, Same, I believe, with Santa Clara County. Uh, Other states in the country also same thing. Um, Most states did not. Some did, some didn't. So for those of you who are going to want to apply for this credit, it's going to probably be 50% of your gross receipts reduction in the second quarter. If you meet that, then uh, you got a potential of a credit of $5,000 per employee for more than likely the second and third quarter of 2020, potentially the fourth quarter. I'm not going to go deep into the rules here. Now, if you say, well, I've already filed for forgiveness. I can't get that. No. Horse, horse manure. Can I say that on a podcast? Horse manure. That's like the worst word I've ever said in my life on a podcast. But no, that's not true. Uh, we have uh, we have actually helped, uh, I mean, the Academy of Dental CPAs has helped hundreds, uh, probably into the thousands of dentists get these um, ERTCs uh, refunds. We at, uh, in my division, just in Tustin, uh, we're up around 70 dental practices that we've helped. And you got to remember that not everybody had a 50% reduction. And we have some practices that are very small and they, it doesn't make sense because if it's one employee and you get $5,000, it just doesn't make sense. So we've, we've, um, we have uh, hit the federal treasury folks for over $3 million just in our Tustin office um, uh, for the employee retention tax credit. So if you have filed for forgiveness, if you have more than realistically four or five employees, uh, if you have, uh, if you file for forgiveness, then give us a call, uh, send me an email. We'll send you a, uh, complimentary, uh, we'll send you our intake form. We'll do a complimentary analysis. Uh, after doing 70 of these, I am pretty sure I can take a look at it right from the get go and tell you where you're at. Uh, we have averaged, I think our average was somewhere between 42 and $45,000 just for 2020. So give me a call again, 657-279-3243, A. Wiederman, W-I-E-D-E-R-M-A-N, at Ide Bailey, E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y.com. Now, the other thing I want to mention is the rest of the alphabet soup. So you got PPP loans. Some of you are going to get employee retention tax credits. Uh, We have one more. It's called the HHS Provider Relief Fund. Most of you received a check probably in the months of July, August, or September of uh, 2% of your gross revenues. 
Uh, the HHS Provider Relief Fund also was created by the CARES Act in March of 2020, and it was $175 billion out of the $3.2 trillion uh, that was authorized by the CARES Act. And it was specifically designed to be money to be paid out to healthcare providers solely for the purpose of fighting COVID-19. And what it's turned into is not only to fight COVID-19, but also to reimburse healthcare providers for lost revenues incurred because of COVID-19. So for any of you listening who do Medicare work, welfare work, and have gotten money from the government for doing dentistry, they started making payments on April 10th of 2020. They were supposed to have a reporting uh, all set up on the Department of Health and Human Services website. They were supposed to have this set up sometime around uh, January of 2021. Well, they did. They set it up on January 15th, just like they promised. But they just set up to register. At that time, we were having a, uh, we had a new administration. It was very contentious, as you remember, listening to the news. Um, there were lawsuits, and the, the Department of Health and Human Services was way behind. And uh, they didn't get their act together until June of this year, 2021. So here's what you need to know about that. If you received between April 10th and June 30th of 2020, if you received more than $10,000 from the Department of Health and Human Services Provider Relief Fund during that time, before June 30th, you have a reporting requirement that ends at the end of September. You must report everything that you've received, and there's a whole a whole big deal about that um, that you have to do. So I would strongly recommend if you did receive that money, you can reach out to me. Um, you can reach out to Ide Bailey. Um, and I believe we have a website where you can send in questions. I think it's prf forward slash idbailey.com. Uh, or just shoot it over to me. I think they're still setting it up. And you need to make sure you take care of that. So uh, that's enough alphabet alphabet soup for one night. Also, since we're publishing on September 1st, um, on September 8th, a week after that, uh, we, are, we have been doing a series of webinars for six local dental societies in Southern California. Uh, we're about two-thirds of the way through. And this month, I'm real excited because I'm going to get to participate with Ide Bailey's financial planning team, and they are going to, along with me, we're going to basically talk to you about what does a financial plan look like? What should you be doing? We're going to talk about some of that tonight and in a couple of shows coming up here before the end of the year. And we're actually going to be creating, as I understand our uh, team over there at the financial planning group, as I understand it, they're going to be creating a fictitious dentist, probably named Dr. Wiederman. And uh, we'll see how much he or she, if it's Dr. Wiederman, it's a he, uh, how much he needs to retire. So please listen to that. If you don't get to it live, it's 6 to 8 p.m. Uh, Pacific time, because a lot of our listeners are on the East Coast. We have thousands of people listening to podcasts every week. And uh, so we, we have that, uh, you know, on the East Coast, that would be late 9 to 11. However, uh, do not fear, folks, if you cannot hear the podcast live, you can go to uh, our YouTube page. Just Google Ide Bailey, E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y, and uh, Google Ide Bailey YouTube, and you'll see it right there, uh, the Art of Finance and Art of Dental Finance and Management. Um, podcast, and you'll be able. I'm, I'm sorry, the I'm, that's my podcast. I would get my podcast and my webinars mixed up. So it will be. Uh, you'll see all of the business of dentistry webinars. Sorry about that. Uh, on uh, our Ide Bailey YouTube page, and you can listen to them till your heart's content uh, at your leisure on your phone, on your computer, in the car, wherever you like. So, 
Be sure to check out our new I'd Bailey podcast, Ebb and Flow, a business podcast providing inspired insight on issues and trends the middle market faces. Hear unique business stories, get answers to frequently asked and unasked questions, and understand business topics that matter to you. Available now on your favorite podcast platform. So let's let's jump into the topic tonight. Let's talk and jump into talking about my beachside chat. So I turned, like I told you, I turned 62 yesterday. And, um, you know, it, it is it is very humbling. You, you think about the fact that you get older. It's only a number. And uh, I feel great. Uh, I've lost, I think I've lost 15 pounds. Um, and, you know, I, I started taking care of myself this year. And I'm going to tell you about that in a minute. But I want to start off with something that happened to me about three years ago. I was in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. I had gone to our Academy of Dental CPA meeting in Boston, hosted by my dear friend uh, Mark Rosen and his team. Had a great time. Went to a went to Fenway Park, one of my favorite places on the planet. And uh, we have a wonderful client that was referred to me by somebody I know really well uh, up in the state of Maine. So I called them. I said, "Hey, I'm going to be in your neighborhood, kind of sorta." So why don't we meet halfway? And we decided to meet in New Hampshire. Now, I'd never been to the state of New Hampshire. And uh, it was wonderful. We were right on the the borderline of New Hampshire and Maine. And I had a night to myself before I was going to meet with with my clients. And I went to the caretaker of the the place I was staying. And I said, I love lobster. I grew up in Brooklyn. I love lobster. Give me the best lobster place in town. They said, don't even think about it. You go to this place. Oh, my God. Three hours devouring two one-and-a-half-pound lobsters is one of the most, I mean, one of the most fun nights I've had uh, involving food, of course. So when I was up there, I had an afternoon to walk around. It was a little rainy that, that day, and but I don't get a lot of time to just walk around and look at my thoughts and uh, you know think about things and think about kind of where am I going in my life and stuff. And I, had, I just walked around for two or three hours around Portsmouth. And I walked by a sign and the sign said it was, it was, it was in like letters you would put into a sign. Like uh, if you ever watch a golf tournament, you see, uh, uh, I don't know, Bryson DeChambeau minus 13. They put in the one and the three. Well, this was a sign that was sitting on like an accordion on the ground in front of the shop. I don't even remember what kind of a shop it was. And it said, do the things that make you happy. And it hit me right between the eyes, folks. Do the things that make you happy, that really make you happy. What a concept. So I took a picture of it and I show it to people. And every time I get into a rut, and again, I'm a human being like the rest of you. You know, we have good days and we have bad days. And I get into a rut. I look at that. And it it really, really keeps me going. So I made this year about making me happy. Not that I wasn't happy, but I wanted to be, there were some things that I wanted to do. I wanted to lose, uh, I've been 30 pounds or so overweight my entire adult life. Uh, I went and got a physical. My doctor said, eh, not feeling the love for your numbers and you need to lose 30 pounds, which is something that he didn't have to tell me. And I said, what do you think? He says, carbs, just cut the carbs out. I mean, I love ketchup. I love French fries. I love bagels and pizza and stuff like that. So I did. I cut them out. I didn't cut them all out. I cut them out about 90%. And I've lost uh, about 15 pounds. Uh, my, <laughs> I have to go buy some new belts because I'm uh, none of the belts I, I, I wear anymore will help uh, keep the pants up. So I got to go buy some new belts. So I did that. And I'm approaching 300 rides on my Peloton. I exercise regularly and I walk the dog and I do all these things uh, regularly. So I'm taking care of myself and I've gotten more into my golf game. Uh, I've taken some fishing trips, had some great fishing trips, uh, trying to get together more with friends now that, uh, you know, we're, we're done. Well, we're not done with the pandemic, but it's it's maybe further along, hopefully, that uh, we're closer to the end than the you know, the beginning you know, may be contrary to what I said earlier, but that's the case. But, you know, do what makes you happy, folks. I, I think that's a great mantra for tonight. Do what makes you happy. And if you can do that, 
it makes things really easy. You don't think about the negative as much. And I don't tend to think about the negative as much. And, you know, the other thing that I've done in my life is, yeah, I call it, I, I call it next shot. So I used to play golf and I was terrible. I mean, I still play, play golf. You all know that. And I was terrible, 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 as Charles Barkley uh, from TNT would say. Uh, and, and I was terrible and I would get mad and I would throw the club and I would just get really mad. And then finally I, I had a, a, a friend of mine who's a clinical psychologist and they taught me about uh, meditation. I started meditating. And what I really realized is that there are two types of situations in life. One is a situation that you control. Okay. My preparation of a tax return. I control that. The other is a situation that I don't control. And I no longer get stressed about situations that I do not control. Uh, if one of my boys does something dumb, they don't. But if they did, you know, they're adults. They make their own decisions. Do I worry about them? Sure, I do. But I can't do anything about it. If a client does something, makes a bad financial move, or maybe is not doing well in their practice, or they're not behaving well at the office. You know, that's another thing. So um, I meditate, and I, uh, I relax, and I don't worry about things that I don't control. So I would recommend that you also do that. I've had several clients, folks, who have taken ill this year. I've lost one, one of my dearest, dearest clients uh, in their early to mid-60s. and. I am going to tell you that lots of my clients just work, 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 work. They don't take off more than a couple of days a year. Again, nobody took off a lot of time last year other than when you shut your office down to travel. Now travel is starting up again. Take more time off. Plan your schedule. Go see the world. Go do things that you want to do. I mean, I have a whole bucket list of places. I've been to a lot of places, but I've still got a bucket list of places that I want to go. Make time for your hobbies. It will make you happier. Gives you things to talk about instead of just the office. Again, my hobbies are, I love to go to sporting events, fishing, and golf. And that's what I like to do. And that's what I do. Spending time with my friends and my family. Those are my hobbies. And I call this, again, next shot. So yesterday, August 14th, my 62nd birthday, um, I, I've told you guys I have two boys. One is 32. Uh, one is, tw- I'm sorry, one is 27. That is Forrest. And one is 32. He, Forrest, lives in the Bay Area. I'm so proud of everything that he's done in his life. He's, uh, he actually does dental loans for, uh, uh, he does dental loans for a major bank. And my other son, his name is Nathan. He just turned 32. And he is a sculptor and he's making beautiful sculptures and he is just doing all kinds of great stuff with that. So Nathan, I think the last time I went golfing with Nathan was maybe 10 years ago. So he says, dad, listen, why don't we go golfing today? You and me. And I put my hand on his forehead. I said, are you feeling well? He says, no, no, I really want to go. So we went and my son, Nathan used to get complimented by everybody about how how polite he was and what a what a great young man he was and all the moms when he was in high school and junior high school and and public school oh your son is so wonderful he's so nice and he's so respectful and he is uh but you know he when he hits a bad golf shot he wasn't so happy right so i said to him yesterday i said you know i said let's let's look at the next shot said you can't do anything about the last shot nathan you hit a bad shot you had a bad shot. What we do is we leave today, we leave the golf course relishing the good shots. The one that was two feet from the pin, the one that curved right in towards the flag stick, the, the, the really good putt that we made. And you're going to hit bad shots. I mean, Phil Mickelson, Tiger Woods, Bryson DeChambeau, Ricky, I mean, uh, Ricky Fowler, all the, the great golfers out there, um, they hit bad shots. Everybody hits bad shots. Now, they don't hit as many bad shots as I do. That's for sure. Um, But uh, they hit bad shots. So next shot. So, folks, you make a mistake. Next shot. Go to the next shot. Think about that. I like that.
I want to chat a little bit about leadership and making your practice better because making, and what we're going to talk about for the rest of the show today is making your practice better and a little bit of financial and retirement planning, because here's the deal. You work in a very, very physically demanding profession. All right. I mean, the most physical demanding thing I do is type on a computer and I do have arthritis in my fingers. And that's what happens when you, for 40 years, you type on a computer. Well, you guys, ladies and gentlemen who are dentists, you have issues with your hands and carpal tunnel and your neck and your back and your shoulders and your spine. And hopefully you're doing everything ergonomically correct and you're stretching and exercising the way you should be. But we have a lot of clients who, who, who don't. So you want to plan for your retirement. You want to plan for your retirement so that you can retire on your own terms so that maybe when you get to 55 or 60 and you can't do this physically anymore, that you don't have to worry about it. So the way you do that, folks, and the way you have a really successful practice, and, and you know, yeah, you, you can produce more. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But it's leadership. It's all about leadership. And nobody nobody wants to hear me talk about leadership. Uh, that's what they tell me. I don't want to hear that. I, I just, I know I need to be a leader. And it is a trait that can be learned. Um, I just had Jennifer Tyson from Fortune Management on one of our webinars. And she did a great job of talking about leadership. And again, go on to her YouTube page and you'll be able to hear her. She gave a really nice about a one hour talk about that and, and what they teach their clients. But, but I ran a team for 33 years, folks. and I'll tell you what, three of the ladies um, worked for me for over 30 years. Uh, the others worked for between 10 and 15 years for me. Uh, I didn't lose very many employees. Why? Okay. What makes a good leader? Number one, I don't have the corner on every answer. Uh, you can read as many books as you want on leadership and how to run a business um, and, and, and all this stuff. And, you know, nobody has the right answers. Nobody knew there was a pandemic coming, you know, two, two, three years ago. Uh, no, nobody knows about what the interest rates can do or economy or what the local economy is going to do in the next 12 months. You know, things hit you uh, that, you know, you can't control, right? So the way you have a successful practice is to have a team that is, you know, hitting on all cylinders. And how do you do that? You treat them with respect. I think that might be the most important thing that I tell you tonight. Treat your team with respect. Catch them doing something right. So what you don't do is you don't yell. You don't make faces. You don't argue or scream or talk disrespectfully. Oh, well, God, you, you, you make that mistake every single time. You're, you're just... You're not very bright. I mean, I've, I've seen that in dental offices. Not too often, but I've seen it. So you catch somebody doing something right. You basically acknowledge people who do things right. Uh, you, you do everything you can to make someone feel wanted and appreciated. And I think the most important thing is this. As a leader, you are creating the vision for your practice. You are the one that says, okay, we're going to go ahead and expand from four operatories to seven operatories. And we're going to move to this new location. Or we're going to start placing implants in our practice. Or we're going to start doing sleep apnea, uh, sleep dentistry procedures in our office. Uh, or we're going to um, put in a um, uh, an advanced uh, periodontal uh, maintenance program for our patients. You're the leader. You make the you make the thirty five thousand foot view, but you include everybody in the plan. So, for example, you go to the hygiene team and you say, "I would like us to go from having five percent of our patients uh, in the four thousand codes, meaning quadrants of root plating, SRPs, etc., and I'd like that to go. You know, the norm is what we like to see is thirty to thirty three percent." Are you going to do that in one year? No, you're not. But I'd like to go uh, hygiene team from 5% of our practice. I'd like to go to, I don't know, 12, 15% in a, in a year. And these are the things that we're going to do. We're going to talk about it. We're going to make sure we probe regularly. So 
What you do is you go to the hygiene team and say, this is what I want to do. Let's have a meeting and sit down and see how we can do this. And you're going to find out very quickly who's on board and who's not. Well, you know, oh, I just don't like to, I don't like to probe. And I, I just like scraping and scaling. And I, I don't, you know, I don't really, that hygienist needs to disappear. <laughs> it's a liability issue, folks. That's the type of thing that a leader does. A leader sets the tone. A leader, and this is also really important, a leader is vulnerable. A leader is somebody who says, you know what? And I did this with my team all the time. I said, guys, I don't have all the answers. I need your help. This is what I need. I need your help. This is where I want to go. This is what I want to do. Now, I'm going to ask your opinions about things. And I'm going to want to get your input. I want to be upfront with you and tell you that I'm not going to implement everything that you believe should be implemented. Because if you go to Susie at the front desk and you want to look at a new dental software, you get her input and you appreciate it, but you make the final decision. Are we changing dental softwares? Are we going to use it in a different manner? Um, What are we going to do with that? And that's so important that you make them feel like they're part of the process of growing and managing and operating the business. Always be positive. Never yell. That's so important. I can't tell you. I have never raised my voice. And you can ask the folks that work for me. Um, I've never raised my voice to an employee in 30, in 33 years of running a business. Not that I remember. Maybe I might have gotten a little, (laughs) you know, talked a little fast or what have you, but I never yelled at somebody because yelling doesn't get me anywhere. Whenever I talk to somebody on the phone and I'm looking to get some information or get them to do something, I say, hi, this is Art Wiederman. How are you today? And say, I have a problem and I need your help. And that is, it works magically all the time. Have a plan once a year, sit down and figure out where do you want to go? Is it realistic that we're going to grow our practice by 35% one year? No, probably not. Is it realistic that we'd like to get an extra five new patients a month into the practice? And how are we going to do it? Well, are we using marketing that doesn't work? I mean, there's tons of marketing companies out there. But, you know, you need to, I mean, I talked to my friend Christy Boltz, whose husband Jim is um, our ADCPA member in Columbus, Ohio. And Christy is, uh, you know, she has a company called My CMO. She was a guest on our podcast. If you want to listen to what she, uh, what she talks about, and you know, she is the chief marketing officer, and she'll look and say, well, you know, this direct mail campaign is not working, and this social media campaign isn't working. You should do this, and this is this. Is, she's the quarterback. You know, you have a chief financial officer. Uh, companies have an HR uh, officer. Uh, and this is the chief marketing officer. And that's what she does for dental practices. That's what you need to do every year. What's working in your practice? What's not working in your practice? Running a business is not about being right or getting it right every single day of every single week of every single year. It doesn't work that way, folks. Okay. It's about looking at what works, making sure that we keep doing that, looking at what doesn't work. And making sure that we make the changes so that we don't do those things anymore. Marketing is one big deal. Um, You know, involve, like I say, involve your team, reward your team. Folks, you guys live very, for the most part, very, very good lives. You live in nice houses. You drive nice cars. You take nice trips. Your kids go to nice colleges. Your employees, in many cases, live paycheck to paycheck. Share some of the wealth with them. It just, just I, I, I did that one time. I think I've told this story, but I'll tell it again. We had a, we had a really good year one year. This is guys five, six, five, six years ago, and I basically had a team meeting, and I had my cell phone on, and the cell phone was waiting for a call from a limo driver because I was ready to take my team out for the rest of the day. I said, uh, um, I, my team was uh, all female except for one, uh, one young man. And I said, for the ladies, grab your purses. For the young man, I said, grab your wallet and let's go. And uh, they got in a limo and one of them said, well, where are you going? Where are we going? I said, we're going bowling. All right, just be quiet. Listen to me. 
And we went to the mall. I gave them each $1,000. I said, let's meet at 5 o'clock for dinner. And I will tell you the goodwill that that built in my practice. I could see it and I could smell it. And I'm not saying you have to do that with $1,000 per employee. It could be $200. It could be a dinner. It could be whatever it is. Do something. Help these folks. Because you can do this. You can afford to do this. All right, I want to talk about financial planning because, and again, I really, really hope that this helps, Um, but everybody needs to do a financial plan. I've done a financial plan. I do one every year. I have a financial planner. I am a financial planner, but, you know, I wouldn't, uh, uh, I I was going to say I wouldn't work on my own teeth, which I wouldn't, but I do do my own tax return, but I do have a financial planner who kind of gives me a second opinion about what I'm doing. So the first thing I want to talk about a financial plan is communication with your spouse if you're married. That is so important that you're on the same page, okay? What do you want to do? Where do you want to be? How much money are you spending every month, okay? Are we spending too much? Can we get to the finish line? I have unfortunately seen many, many dentists who are going to work until they die. It's horrible. And they haven't saved because they spend money or they're not able to make the decisions in their practice to grow their bottom line, to get rid of expenses that they don't need, to, 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 to grow their practice uh, by, by changing the marketing that they're doing, by, um, uh, by adding new procedures, uh, by, by getting rid of bad team members. Oh, my gosh, I've seen such turnarounds by the worst person in your team. We get rid of them, the staff celebrates and you help them to grow and be successful okay so it's going to come from your dental practice there's two ways to grow your bottom line one is to cut your spending not going to get into that tonight uh the other thing is to grow your top line which is to make more money in your practice so let's talk about what can we do how much do we need and and where do we start if you haven't started so first of all i want you to go back to your team and find out what is it going to take to increase the production of your practice by a thousand dollars a day. So if you have a practice that is doing a million dollars a year, that's about $83,000 a month. That's about four. Uh, that would be about 4,000 to $5,000 a day, depending on the number of days a month you work. So how do I add $1,000? It's not even one crown, at least here in California. Uh, in most places, uh, we add a couple of quadrants of root planing, one or two additional procedures, and we're done. How do we do that? Um, it's about scheduling and teamwork and verbal skills and communication. How much money do I make? If I added $1,000 a day, you won't need any additional team members. I guarantee you, you can do that with the team that you have. I've heard this from consultants and dentists every single day of my life. You don't need anybody else. You will have 20% overheads. So let's say you work 180 days and you can increase your production by $1,000 a day. That's $180,000. The only real overhead that you're going to have is lab and supplies and maybe some additional charts or other miscellaneous expenses. I suspect you have enough room in the hygiene schedule. There's maybe 25 or 30% of that is 180,000 is going to be 40, $45,000. You know, take that divided by 50 weeks. That's about a thousand dollars a week. And of that thousand dollars a week, break it down into four days. That's $250 a day. Um, that might be the difference between, you know, uh, two additional root planing procedures in your practice, each making $125 a day. It's a math problem. My life is a math problem. I've told you that for two and a half years on this podcast. You can do this. It takes some effort, but you can do this. If I do that and I make 180000 minus 20% overhead on that because my rent doesn't go up, uh, my lab and supplies do, my employee cost don't, does not go up, uh, my malpractice insurance doesn't go up. Nothing else goes up. That's a net of $144,000 a year. 
what can you do with an additional $144,000 a year? You can put it into a retirement plan. If you're over the age of 40, there's a plan called a cash balance defined benefit plan. Is it for everybody? No. 40 is a little young, but we can do it at 40. 45, 50, 55 is much better, and you can put that money away and save for retirement. So, how much do I need? Well, here's the rule of thumb, okay? The rule of thumb, folks, is that you need to save somewhere in the neighborhood of about 4 to 4.5%. Uh, be able to save enough money so that you can pull out 4 to 4.5% of your nest egg. So let's say that you wanted to spend when you retired $150,000 a year. So, and if I'm going to earn 4% interest, that means that I need 25 times 4% to get to my number. So if I want to pull out $150,000 a year and I want to pull that out over my retirement age and it's going to earn 4% a year, I will need about $3,750,000 to do that, to pull out 4% a year when I'm ready to retire. And if it continues to earn 4%, you will have enough money to do that through your retirement. So let's say, for example, how much do I have to save? And, and we can go through examples until we're like you know blue in the face here. But I'm just going to give you one. So let's say I have a 35-year-old doctor. That 35-year-old doctor is planning on a 4% investment return. You're going to say, now, wait a minute. My investment advisor earns me a lot more than that. Well, folks, I'll tell you what. The markets are crazy. We've talked to investment advisors on this show. We'll continue to do that. And, you know, the markets are at an all-time high. Markets go up and markets go down. Be conservative. 4% return on your money is, I mean, that's what I look for. Now, do I want to do better? Of course we do. Does And I have an investment advisor, and they're fantastic, and they're very conservative. I sleep very well at night, okay? Do, um, you know, do I worry if the market goes down 300 points? I don't like it, but I don't. Uh, I don't go into conniptions over it because markets go up and markets go down, and I know we have a plan. Sit down with your investment advisor. Look at your statements. Understand why you are invested and what you're invested in. I can't tell you how many people have to, oh, well, I trust them and my friend uses them. And Well, do you know what your annual return is? Well, no, but I'm sure it's okay. I get this all the time and I just want to rip whatever little hair I have out of my head when I hear this. Pay attention to your investments. It's your money. Nobody's going to care more about it than you are. So I'm 35 years old, 4% return. I have $300,000 saved. Say I've been doing a good job. My goal is $3,750,000 at age 65. I'm going to retire in 30 years. How much do I have to save per year? The number is $47,609 a year. Well, you can do that with a profit-sharing plan with a 401k component very, very easily. You can get pretty darn close with a simple IRA. So you got to figure out when do you want to retire, on how much do you want to retire, and there's all kinds of factors. You may be getting a huge inheritance, okay? My mother, when she passed away, before she died, she used to tell me that she was going to leave me all of her debts. I've told you that before. And, uh, you know, so I didn't get a ton in an inheritance. Uh, neither did my wife, and we've been saving I, I save like a fiend because I, I, I refuse to not be able to retire when I want to retire. And I will, and I, I could. Uh, but I choose to help my clients to do what they do, and I like to be a role model for them. And I think that's really important, just like you are a role model for your patients. So, you know, if you increase your production $1,000 a day, what if you do it $500 a day? So that's half of that. You grow by $90,000 instead of $180,000. $90,000, 80% that is $72,000. a contribution to your profit-sharing plan. And a 401k, because the maximum you can do if you're over 50 is, I think it's, it's 63000 or 63500 this year for 2021. Um, I mean, you do that every year. You are going to have the financial ability to retire. 
get in the habit of saving money. I know your student loan debt is suffocating. It's horrible. It's terrible. I had my friend Mark Johnson from St. Louis on the podcast uh, a couple weeks ago. And we talked about plans of how to you know, restructure your student loan debt and get it paid off in a reasonable amount of time. And it's about having a plan. It's about maybe cutting your spending a little bit. I'm not suggesting that you don't live well. I'm not suggesting you don't drive a nice car. I'm not suggesting you don't live in a nice house. I'm not suggesting any of that. What I'm suggesting is pay attention to how you spend money. I have my wonderful rule that I've lived with, God, as long as I can remember. It's my 65, 25, 10 rule. So the way this works is you earn $100,000. You live on 65% of it. That pays your rent, your mortgage. It pays for food. It pays for clothing. It pays for entertainment. It pays for everything that you're living in your personal life. 25% you're going to pay in taxes. Now, don't say that you're in a 50% marginal bracket, but because that's not true. Most of you pay somewhere in the neighborhood of 25, maybe 28% of your total income in taxes. If you live in Washington state or Texas or Tennessee or one of the nine states that does not have a state income tax, you pay less. If you live in New Jersey or California or Illinois where the rates are higher, you probably pay more. It just depends on what your income is, what your deductions are. And then the other 10% you save. I'd like to see you save more. If you listen to Dave Ramsey, he wants you to save a heck of a lot more than that. But at the end of the day, it depends on when you're starting. Okay. And it depends on when you want to retire and on how much. So you want to plan this all out. How much do I need? How much do I want to live on? And then how much do I want to save? And then you go back to the practice and you say, okay, this is how much I'm netting. I'm netting $250,000. Out of that $250,000, i am going to pay 25% in taxes, $62,500. That leaves me a little over $180,000, about $180,000, $187,000. Okay, what am I going to do with that? Well, I'm going to live on that. All right, I'm going to put money away for my kid's college education. I'm going to fund 50000 a year to retirement because my financial planner who ran the model, listen, on September the 8th to our financial planning webinar, um, we're going to tell you how to do this. Uh, we do this every day in our financial planning group at Ide Bailey. Um, how much do we need to put away? And, uh, and we just do it. We just make it a monthly bill. It's 3500 a month. It's like your rent. It's like your lab bill. It's like your dental supply bill. This is my retirement bill. And this is, it goes away. And I meet with the investment advisor once, once a quarter, once every six months, whatever you're comfortable with. And that's what we do. As I've told you, unfortunately, many of my clients live on the 90, 25 minus 15 rule, which is they live on 90% of what they make. They struggle to pay their taxes. They're always in arrears. They're paying penalties. They're paying interest. And they're minus 15%. They're in deficit spending, just like the federal government is. And where does that go? That goes on to credit cards. And when I see a doctor with $100,000, $200,000 of credit card debt, I can't tell you how many doctors' credit cards I've refinanced. And, oh, oh, this is great art. You cut my payment. I have so much money. And then two years later, they've run up another 75000 credit card. Well, you know, I got to do this. I got to do that. They say, you can't do that. So this is about self-control, you know? You want to lose weight, you stop eating carbs. You want to stop smoking, you go to a smoking cessation program. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's all these things uh, that you need to do if you want to make a change, it takes some effort. So it takes effort to figure out where you're at. And it makes you feel so much better. I also want your home to be free and clear by the time your retirement date is. So pick a retirement date. Maybe that's 60, maybe it's 55, maybe it's 65, I don't know. So you get to age 60 and you say, I want my house to be paid for. I wanna have 4 million in retirement. Uh, I'd like my kids' college to be funded. And that doesn't mean that you can't go get student loans for them. Uh, that doesn't mean that uh, they can't go to community college for two years, which is would cut things out. Uh, 
That doesn't mean that they can't take AP classes, which cuts the number of classes that you have to um, have them enroll. There's all kinds of things you can do to save for college, 529 plans. We'll get into that in another episode. Um, you know, and, and you do all these things and then you have goals and then you could go live your life and you know that this is being taken care of, but you have to pay attention to all this stuff because doctors, I will tell you, okay. And again, it's funny when I was in my thirties and forties, I never understood. I, I think I probably said this on the podcast too. I never understood why people who are in their 60s and 70s, no offense to people in their 60s and 70s, they're some of my, most of my best friends in the world, but why they lost patience. I, to some extent, lose patience because you go through life and people disappoint you and you do right by people and they don't do right by you. And it happens. Okay. Um, you know, and I, I mean, I just lost lost patience with people and you get to the point where you've been a dentist for 30 years and you say, you know, I like being a dentist, but I'm getting a little tired. I can't, I don't have the the drive to go out and get 20 new patients. I hear this every day from my doctors. I don't have the drive. I don't want to do this. I just want to come in, give me my handpiece, give me my lunch, give me my paycheck, leave me alone. I'll be happy. And you can't run a business that way. That's why when you're 30, 35, 40, 45, that you've got to start saving for retirement. Because if you get to that point and you're going to wake up, I, I, I had one doctor, dear, dear, wonderful, wonderful client of mine in the Los Angeles area. And he called me up one day and he says, you know what? One of these days, I'm going to call you and I'm going to tell you that I'm ready to pop which meant I'm ready to, to retire. And he called me in December one time and he said, all right, I got the pin. I'm ready to pop. Let's go. And we got, we got his practice sold in about four months total. Found a wonderful young lady to buy his practice and he's happily into retirement and he saved and he planned and we planned and it was wonderful. So I want you to be able to be one of the, unfortunately, 3% of Americans who can afford to retire at the age of 65 in the way they have uh, that they would desire to, to do so. And it's funny. You say, well, what am I going to do after retirement? What, what can I do? And my doctors are busier in retirement than they were when they were working. They are busier in retirement than they were when they were working. So I want to encourage put a bow on this. I want to encourage everybody to do a couple of things. Number one, maybe a self-assessment. What kind of a leader am I? Can I be better? These skills can be taught, folks. And again, leadership is nothing more than having a plan, executing the plan with your team, and basically working together with your dental team. And the teams that work together are just the best teams. I just love going into offices and seeing these teams that are just running on all cylinders and clicking every single day. And, 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 the, and the team, you know, when I was with the Pride Institute back in the 80s, um, doctor, manages um, doctor manages team, team manages practice. And that's what they've taught for years and years and years. And you have a practice where you just are so excited about going in and everybody is happy and everybody is looking forward to patients and they're making the changes and difficult decisions they have to make. And then you go home and you go home and you tell your spouse, wow, I had a great day, another great day. And I want to talk about planning our next vacation. Uh, it's a family vacation. I mean, oh my gosh. I, I took my family on some just really cool vacations. Best vacation I ever took my family on was to the Galapagos Islands, 600 miles off the coast of Ecuador. It was unbelievable to go see how pristine that place was. And we went all over. We went on cruises and we went to Yellowstone and, uh, you know, dad tried to be the adventure dad and ended up upside down once on a, uh, on a, um, uh, repelling wall. Yeah, but we had fun doing it. And and my boys, 
Uh, and that's the other thing, too. I want to encourage you as we kind of bring a bow to this today. Be involved in your kids' lives. I mean, it goes so fast. You know, I'm a CPA, and the worst time of the year for me was February 1 to April 15. People would ask me, how many, how many, how many hours a week do I work? Again? I don't know. Whatever it takes. How many hours? Whatever it takes. I have no idea. But I will tell you, I coached every single one of my boys' sporting teams when I could. Forrest played baseball and um, all the way through high school and college. Um, I, I was not his high school coach, but all the way through juniors. Uh, I was an assistant coach on the team. I did not have the time to be the head coach, but I was there. I did not miss a game for any of them. Forrest played water polo and uh, baseball. Uh, my son Nathan ran track. Uh, and he did cross country and he was in wrestling and I did not miss any of it. And I will tell you the days that I sent them off to college, uh, Nathan to the Academy of Art University in San Francisco and Forrest his first year at uh, San Jose State. Um, I was crying like a baby and it's hard. It goes by really fast. Don't miss it. Set your schedule in such a way that you can you want to coach your kids' teams, coach your kids' teams. If you want to be at every single event they're at, don't miss it. You know, my, my, I, I tell my kids that you can do anything in this life if you put your mind to it. And I have told them that over and over and over again. And set a good example as a parent, a heart, good work ethic uh, with good habits uh, good personal habits, good communication, because your kids are going to be the product of who you are. And I see my families where the, the 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 parents are not involved and all they do is work. And I see what happens with the kids. And I see other families where the parents are all involved. They do this. And I mean, I was a Boy Scout leader for three years. I am not the person as far as having outdoor skills, you know, but I learned them and I, I had other people teach me them and I helped and it was wonderful, absolutely wonderful. So be involved in your kids' lives, communicate with your spouse, communicate with your team. And in closing, folks, do what makes you happy. And if you do those things, you will have a fruitful career, a fruitful retirement. Your kids will go to college. You'll, you'll see the world because you work really, really hard. Dentists work really hard and you deserve a nice vacation and you deserve to drive a nice car, okay, within the means of the practice. And if you're not making enough money to do what you want to do, then work on that practice and make your gross revenues higher, and your profit higher. And the only one that's going to do it is you. There are wonderful dental coaches. I've interviewed dozens of them on this program. I will be interviewing more as we go down the road. Um, and just let them help you. You know, we're your financial coach, and a dental coach is someone who can sit down and help you with, uh, you know, how do I grow my bottom line? How do I get new patients? How do I um, how do we do this? And it could be a very simple thing that that person at the front desk needs to disappear and everybody knows it except for you. So anyway, uh, my podcast has, is, and always will be a call to action. And I do hope that this is helpful and maybe it will give you the kick in the pants and the impetus to make some changes. We get back to the same thing of the definition of insanity, folks, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And it doesn't work that way. It's hard work. This is not easy. But the rewards are priceless. The rewards are a great family, a great dental team, a very enjoyable practice. Retirement on your terms, not the terms of your back or your neck or your shoulder. Uh, kids going to college, proper insurances. Um, and a great life. And that's the idea. So do what makes you happy. So again, let me, let me talk about my uh, partner here, uh, Decisions in Dentistry Magazine. Go to www.decisionsindentistry.com. 
uh, look at all their great CE courses, look at their uh, great articles, their website's fantastic. Uh, if you're looking for a dental-specific CPA, we at Ide Bailey are always taking on new clients, as are the members of the Academy of Dental CPAs, uh, 24 CPA firms across the United States that represent 10,000-plus dentists. Uh, best in breed, the best around, the best human beings. I can't wait to see my friends for the first time in two years in Miami, uh, October 17th to the 20th. I cannot wait. We're just going to be hugging each other for two and a half days. I don't know if we're going to get any program in. Um, and again, if you want to get a hold of me at my office in Tustin, my number is 657-279-3243. My email is a Wiederman at Idebailey, spelled E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y.com. Uh, folks, that's about all I've got for you today. Uh, I am so honored and humbled of the thousands of people every week that listen to my podcast and send me emails and thank me for what I'm doing. Um, you know, my legacy is the dental profession. This has been my career. This is what I've done. Um, I think I've left the dental profession when I do decide to call it a career. I'm not done yet. I'm not going anywhere. But when I do, I think I've left it in a better place than it was when I started on September 3rd of 1984. I am honored and humbled that all of our clients choose to work with us. I thank you for that. Uh, I'd love to talk to more of you. If there's anything that we can do to help you, please let us know. And with that, I will call it a podcast. And for the Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman CPA, that is it for today. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Art of Dental Finance and Management podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. The Art of Dental Finance and Management podcast is produced by Ide Bailey in partnership with Art Wiederman, CPA, Decisions in Dentistry Magazine, and the Academy of Dental CPAs. For audience questions and feedback, email Art Wiederman, awiederman at idebailey.com. That's A W I E D E R M A N at E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y.com. Or you may call Art at 657-279-3243.